And hello everyone, welcome to our program, The Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Edition. I'm Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones of Lamb Lion Ministry. We're excited to be here with you today as we have a great program lined up for you today titled From Revelation Chapter 3, A Message to the Faithful Church of the Last Days, Philadelphia. So stay tuned and those of you following us live via social media, share with your friends and family the good news of this program and make sure that you get your Bibles and follow along with us in the book of Revelation. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Brother, I can't believe it's another week's past and we're already on the radio together again. <laughs> Where does the time go, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Nathan. And of course, in troublesome times, it's so good that you and I get to come uh, at a very quick time, in a sense, to share good news uh, with individuals. So I am so excited. So tell me, you told me a little bit about what's going on in Texas. So how are you guys doing? Well, uh, those uh, of us who know about our ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, Vic and I are both evangelists on staff. I, I'm here in the Dallas area and he's uh, regionally located in the Florida area. And uh, at the time of recording, the nation faced the coronavirus crisis. So uh, we're in lockdown in our county. We can go to stores as necessary, but for the most part, we are practicing social distancing as much as possible. Even here in staff, where we get together every morning and, and pray over prayer requests, and we're all sitting six feet apart from each other. We're wiping down doors with uh, hand sanitizer. Uh, anyone's sick, they can't come into the office. And so thank goodness for technology, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Yeah, well, Nathan, thank you for sharing that update. And you and I are definitely practicing social distances, doing our program over Skype from one state to the next. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that will infect us would be a computer virus, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, coronavirus man. can morph from what? Bats, from animals to humans. Why not from humans to computers? I can't. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> But Nathan, it is a critical time in our nation, and I'm so glad that we get to encourage people. And absolutely, we do want to encourage people to continue to uh, practice uh, those standards set by their government with social distancing. And of course, we want to we want to continue to enjoy life. But I believe, right, Nathan, that the quicker that we all cooperate and do things the right way, then the sooner that hopefully we'll get back to some normality. Absolutely, and that's good advice. It's it's really great to see how the countries come together as if it was a wartime. Uh, for the most part, except for trying to get a stimulus package, uh, politics are set aside. Uh, it, and it's amazing to think, I mean, what a time in human history that it's not just the United States. It's all around the world. I was reading 184 out of 196 countries now have cases of the coronavirus. At the time of our recording here, India has shut down totally for three weeks. I mean, that's a, they've almost got a billion people in their country. We're seeing uh, the coronavirus starting to recede and at the hot spots in China and South Korea. And uh, the whole world is kind of stepping back. And it's almost like God has given us a time out. Wouldn't you say a, a time to reflect on what's important, a time to focus on him, a time to get our priorities straight? Would you agree? Oh, Nathan, I definitely agree with that. And not only that, but I think in this time of reflection, it's also a great time for us to really dig in uh, to the Bible and spend time with the Lord. Because, Nathan, I think we're, we're moving at such a fast pace that oftentimes we really don't have time to sit and understand Scripture or spend time with God. And I think we can take advantage of these opportunities. 
Absolutely. I mean, really, we are on a kind of a forced timeout, like you give your children. And we have time at home. Obviously, bandwidth is going crazy. A lot of countries are reducing bandwidth down to SD for streaming video and all because everybody's at home. I, I thought it was interesting when you look at Netflix's top 10 trending, uh, half of them are movies like Pandemic and uh, you know Outbreak and things that have a theme to that. Well, you know, I hope this is a time where people start reflecting on uh, Jesus. I, it, you know, I saw one picture this week. It was uh, in the Walmart section, the, the Christian Bible and spirituality section. And not only are the toilet paper missing off the shelves, but the Bibles and the Christian books are wiped off the shelves, too. You know, unfortunately, Joel Osteen type stuff and, and weird stuff like Jesus Calling All is going off the shelves. But Bibles are going off the shelves. People are getting serious about their mortality. They're thinking about what is, comes after this life, and they're turning to Jesus Christ. And what a time for the church to be ministering, wouldn't you say? Ooh, fantastic point you just made, Nathan. And that is exactly why today we're going to be talking about exactly that in terms of, man, what, how we can take advantage scripture, sound doctrine, the Bible, because as Bibles are flying off the shelf, Nathan, we also have some weirdness flying off the shelf. People are looking for answers for today's problems, and they're looking in terms of, uh, you know, the whole alien invasion and, and all these other type of weird doctrines as well. But we do want to encourage people to turn to the Word of God, sound doctrine, so that also they're not too confused in terms of what's happening right now. Absolutely. You're not kidding, too. I, the theories running around the Bible prophecy circles related to the coronavirus. Of course, uh, the biggest one I think that I've been hearing, at least coming into the ministry as here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, I answer all the Bible questions that come into the ministry as the web minister or internet evangelist, as I'm titled. And that is the idea that is, well, are we living in the tribulation? Are we looking at the third seal judgment where plague ravishes the world and, and kills a fourth of the world population? And they're looking at the coronavirus. Is that the possibility? Well, uh, you know, I'm glad that we can talk about this because we need to dispel false teachings out there, or at least confusion. I, let's not call it false teaching. You're right. Let's call it it's a confusion over what the Bible has to say about this outbreak. And bear in mind, historically, too, we should look back and see that there have been previous outbreaks. Uh, there are millions of people with AIDS right now, but nobody talks about that. Uh, we've dealt with SARS We've dealt with the bird flu. We've dealt with the swine flu. Uh, I was looking at an article I wrote in 2008 on our Christ and Prophecy Journal blog that was all about the hysteria that was going on about the swine flu. And that was so that was far worse, actually, than what we've experienced so far with the coronavirus or COVID-19, as it's properly called. And go back 100 years to the Spanish flu and think of the two million people that died from that. So uh, the Black Death in the 1300s, which killed half of Europe. I mean, we're talking about the, the world has experienced great pestilences and plagues throughout its history. The coronavirus is just one of them, a sign of the end times. But it is not the pestilence and plagues that are part of the tribulation. We are not living in the tribulation. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones of Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about the faithful church of the last Philadelphia. So those of you that are just tuned in, we thank you for being part of the program. Those of you that continue to follow us via social media, Twitcasting, Facebook, and the like, again, continue to share this program with your friends and family and encourage them to be part of them. And Nathan, that's why you and I, one of the things that we love about 
what we do and also here at Lamb Lion Ministry is sound doctrine. And that is so important because these are the times when people like to twist scriptures and take things out of context. And so many have found egg in their face, Nathan, for doing that and a black guy in terms of prophecy. And we don't want to do that. <laughs> no. And that's because people go outside the Bible for their source of prophecy. Uh, they go to blood moon prophecies like Mark Biltz and John Hagee made popular a few years ago. Uh, the Mayan calendar, uh, 2012, uh, we've heard of uh, the Hale-Bopp comet. I mean, anytime something weird or unusual happens, people jump all over it for looking for prophetic significance. And as you and I always say, go to the Bible and the Bible alone. Let the Bible interpret Bible prophecy, and you won't get caught up in, in crazy trends like the Mandela effect and others that pull people away from the true biblical teaching. Mm -hmm. Nathan, I'm reminded of what the Bible has to say. If you can take us there to a Second Timothy uh, uh, chapter three, verse sixteen, uh, and then we'll go to a Second Peter uh, one nineteen through twenty one uh, before we get to Revelation, just to encourage people to recognize what are the things that we need to remain faithful to. And when interpreting Bible prophecy, what are the key things that we need to focus on? So will you be able, Nathan, to take this to 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 and read that verse for us? Sure, the verse goes, a very popular verse, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for cor correction, and for instruction in righteousness. You know, and I love that verse, Nathan, because these are the things right there that the scripture does for us. And also when we talk about reading uh, the Bible or interpreting uh, end times uh, prophecy or prophecy in general. And it also reminds us what Second Peter, uh, Peter wrote for us there in Second Peter 1, 19 through 21. You and I have discussed these passages before, but can you read those for us again, Nathan, just in case people out there are not familiar with prophecy and where it comes from? Well, absolutely. A great verse, Second Peter Chapter 1, verses 19 through 21 reads, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love that passage. And Nathan, this is why you and I, Dr. Reagan, and all those all those of us that love Bible prophecy, we, we try not to add to Scripture or take away to Scripture because it's not really our interpretation. At the end of the day, we need to say what the Bible has to say. Now, some people want to hear more uh, than that. We say, hey, this is what the Bible says, and we're not going to add to the Scriptures. Not at all. Uh, we Take the Bible for its plain sense meeting, that golden rule of Bible interpretation. If the plain sense makes sense, look for no other sense, lest you end up with nonsense. But it also, it, it, it's called hermeneutics. Uh, hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting the Bible. And the art and science of properly inter interpreting the Bible is, first, go to the Bible and the Bible alone, and two, interpret it in its context. Don't take it out of context. In other words, don't grab at the coronavirus and try to plug it somewhere into the Bible. You need to look at all the, what the Bible has to say about pestilences and diseases, where those verses are in the prophetic timeline, and then that will help clarify what current events are going on now. 
Excellent point. And Nathan, you know, I'm reminded as well that we need to be faithful if if we consider ourselves to be that faithful church of the last days. Uh, Nathan, we also need to recognize that Jesus told them in particular that there were some things that they needed to hold true to and to keep. Otherwise, they will also fall into temptation and confusion. And as we look at the book of Revelation, chapter 3, uh, from verses 7 through 13, it's an amazing message to the book of Philadelphia. Now, you and I, we wrote a wonderful book, Nathan, uh, God's Mighty Angels, uh, there, and there's passages there covering uh, the different churches. But let's look at uh, the church of Philadelphia, Nathan, and just encourage some people to remind them what are the things that we should be kind of holding true to. Two. Would you be able to read for us there, Nathan, Revelation 3, verses 7 uh, through 8, as we open that one up? Sure. Uh, let me just uh, add a little, if someone was confused when you mentioned we wrote a book. Uh, yes, Vic and I did write a book. It's called The Mighty Angels of Revelation. It, it addresses the book of Revelation through the eyes of the 72 angels, or groups of angels, that can be found throughout the book of Revelation. Uh, if you want to get a copy, you can get it on our uh, Bible Prophecy Resources site at BibleProphecyResources.com. Of course, it's on Amazon. We have it on Kindle and Nook as well. But if you want to get really deep in the study of angelology and in the study of the book of Revelation, then I highly recommend The Mighty Angels of Revelation. It was a joy to teach Vic with Vic and uh, then put together and make it to a book. So there you go, Vic. That's my plug. I just wanted to <laughs> clarify there before getting in. But uh, yes, let's go into Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. I love that. And, and you know, Nathan, I love that passage because these it talks about the things that we should keep, uh, especially now. And, and here's a church that they, they, they did not have a lot of strength, but they were faithful in keeping the word of God. They did not want to adulterate it. They did not want to change it. They simply wanted what was written in there. And I think that is a fantastic thing for us to focus on. Absolutely. Uh, the Church of Philadelphia is one of seven churches that Jesus addresses. He goes to the island of Patmos, where the apostle John is, and uh, he brings John to heaven, and he shows him what the future is going to be, particularly a seven-year tribulation time period that will befall the earth. But before that, Jesus addresses seven churches. And in those seven churches, the one that's the most commended, that's the most praised for, that, that the Lord finds no fault with, is a church called Philadelphia. Now, I, I lived in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for many years. This is not the same Philadelphia. This is a city that was at the time period in Asia Minor, which is now Turkey. Matter of fact, all seven churches can be found in what today is Western Turkey. Uh, but this church is special. This church is unique in that the Lord really loved them because they really did what they were supposed to do. This is what the Lord calls a faithful church. Jesus loves those who are faithful to him, no matter how difficult the circumstances, the trials and tribulations in the church of Philadelphia experienced many, they continue to stay faithful to him and in that relationship with him. And who doesn't like a faithful person? That's right. And, and Nathan, what I love about this church is also it, it wasn't the mighty, powerful church. I mean, he says there in verse eight, uh, you have little strength. 
but you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And I believe as we see these challenges facing us right now, whether it's coronavirus or something else is going to be coming in the future, which it will, again, for the Christian believers, we want to encourage you to continue to be faithful and keep the word of God. The word of God never changes, right, Nathan? The, the, the word of God is something that we can always rely on. Absolutely. The word of God is God's God's word. It's how we connect to him, the word of God and, and prayer. And uh, so that's how we understand it. And it's wonderful that the Church of Philadelphia is set up as an example. You know, it's not some mighty, powerful church. Matter of fact, if it represents a particular era of time, and this would be the church of the 17 and 1800s, roughly, is a church that was coming out of a lot of apostasy. A thousand years of <clears throat> dead church, uh, Catholic church doctrine and dogma that had little to do with Bible teachings, uh, relied very little on the word of God, but on fallible popes. And so this church was a fledgling church, but it grew and it flourished. And they did so because they kept God's word. I mean, the Bible says that how do we love the Lord? Well, we obey him. We, we do what he says. And if we do what he says, it's good for, for us, it's good for others, it's good for him, it's God's best for us. And even when the trials of the world and the people come against you, Satan's uh, forces, uh, these Philadelphians didn't deny God's name, even to the point of death. Uh, we read so many fantastic missionary stories about the Church of Philadelphia age, uh, the 17, 1800s of missionaries dying on foreign soil for their faith, giving up everything for their faith. And that's what this church was doing. Uh, Jesus, even during his first coming, was ministering to people and said, you know, you want to leave everything behind and follow me. And that's what these people did. They This church left everything behind to follow him. What a testimony. Nathan, I love that. And I thank you for sharing that as well as we talk about church history or church periods. And we find, again, this is also applicable, uh, you can say, also to the individual, right, Nathan? Because, again, we're encouraged whoever has an ear, uh, let him hear. So I think that's this is also a message that is very applicable for the people of today. Well, that's a wonderful thing about these churches. When Jesus was addressing them, when he had John pen the letters that, that what he saw and experienced, it went to each of the angels that were protectors over each of the seven churches. And uh, the Church of Philadelphia was a, a fantastic example. When you read some of the earlier ones, you find out that they had all sorts of problems. That they, they were compromising or legalistic or unloving. Uh, they, some of them even called dead. Uh, the church after the Philadelphia, Laodicea, it's apathetic. It thinks it's rich, it's spiritually rich, but it's poor. And, and that is the time period that we're in now. We're in the church of Laodicea. But these churches also represent not only real churches that existed during the, the first century, but errors in church history. You can look at them and see examples of churches today all across the world. Uh, you can find your church in any of these churches and its Christians. We can find ourselves falling into the same trap. So it's a beautiful two chapters, Revelation chapters two and three, because the Lord really kind of shines a light through us. You know, we're looking in a mirror and can see ourselves. And, and hopefully if you're looking in a mirror, you're seeing Philadelphia. Mm, I love it. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones of Lamb Lion Ministries. Again, we're talking about this wonderful church of Philadelphia and again, how it's greatly represented some of the things that it represents for us today and also in different church history and periods. But again, for us, the encouragement is to remain faithful in tough times, as we know that many people right now are facing many challenges with this uh, different uh, viruses that are coming out and the, it, it, the problem with the economics right now. There's a lot of fear. 
but we encourage you continue to turn your attention to the word of God and his promises. Nathan, not only that, but as we look at Revelation chapter three, uh, again, the following two verses, verses nine and 11, they're also just as encouraging. Would you be able to read for us those verses there, nine through uh, 10 actually of Revelation chapter three? Okay. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, Nathan, of course, this is a little a passage there that uh, can take us in many directions depending on what views, right, people have. <laughs> but we believe, again, it's that God's promise of us, how he's going to keep us from the terrible times of wrath that is coming. Right. And, and let's just say all first before anyone jumps on verse 9 there. Uh, verse 9 is not calling the Jewish people or the nation of Israel false teachers or satanic followers. Uh, again, context and throughout the book of Revelation, uh, there's been references to the synagogue of Satan and two other letters to the churches, basically Satan's stronghold. People who claim they're good, you know, helpful Jews or helpful Christians, but they're not. They're lying. They're, they actually work for Satan. And people have throughout the last 2,000 years, taken Revelation 3.9 and just used it for the most anti-Semitic acts in history. Yes. And mm. that's not at all what it means. So let's let's get past that. It, this isn't saying the Jews are, are all satanic, not at all. But uh, on the good side, let's look at verse 10, because verse 10 is probably of the many verses out there, like 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9 and, and other verses that this verse is one of the best proofs that Jesus Christ will come and rapture or take out or catch up his church off this earth before the true tribulation comes. Now, when I say tribulation, yes, the Bible says we are promised all sorts of trials and tribulations. If you're on this earth now, you're going through this coronavirus crisis, virus crisis, right? But those are little t tribulations. I'm talking about the time period, the capital T tribulation a seven-year time period and christians are promised not to have to endure the wrath of god and that's what we're reading here is that if you persevere in my name in other words you're a christian you're you're saved your sins are forgiven you're part of the church and the church is promised to be raptured up to heaven before the true tribulation comes on this world capital t the seven-year tribulation where god will pour out his wrath on this earth in 21 judgments Nathan, and that is fantastic. I'm so glad that you're highlighting that again, because we're called to be uh, faithful. And especially now in the last days, where we're going to see so many people falling by the wayside. And you might be looking around and saying, man, what is happening around the world? We want to we want to encourage you to continue to keep the Lord's command, to persevere. And I think, Nathan, that is going to be one of the greatest tests for all of us as believers is to is persevering in these last days because we're going to continue to see events that are going to shock us. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's what, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because that's such an understatement. Uh, I mean, would you read through Luke 21 and Matthew 24 and uh, the apostles ask, what will be the signs of the end of the age? Uh, and Jesus lays out 10 signs, a increase in false prophets and false teachers, increase of wars and rumors and wars, of earthquakes and natural disasters, of fearful events, not only in the sky, but socioeconomic. And what is the side effect is of this coronavirus lockdown is a $5 trillion loss in our government. 
uh, mm. our, me, our, our economy with the government wanting to add $2 trillion of debt and stimulus to help bring the country back. I mean, it's mind-blowing. So again and again, Jesus said that these would happen. Now, they've certainly been happening the last 2,000 years, but Jesus gave this caveat that they would increase these signs in frequency and in intensity the closer we got to Jesus's second coming, kind of like birth pains. He, Jesus makes a comparison. They, uh, the woman who goes into birth, it, the birth pains or the contractions are, are less and they're far between. But as you get closer and closer to the baby coming, the birth pains are closer and they're much more intense. And that's what we're going to see in this time. Brother, we're not just talking about the coronavirus crisis, a world in lockdown, economies collapsing. Uh, oil wars between Russia and Saudi Arabia. We're seeing locust invasions like unknown crosses five countries. We're seeing that other diseases, uh, the swine flu and the bird flu is still quite virulent in China right now. We're seeing earthquakes all over the place. There was a big one in Utah recently that actually knocked the horn out of Moroni's statue, uh, the Mormon statue there. Uh, we're seeing volcanoes erupt that we haven't seen erupt before. And again, sure, these things have been happening throughout history, but they're happening all at once. They're happening more frequently. They're happening more intensely. And that means one thing, Jesus Christ is coming soon. Woo, praise the Lord. And Nathan, I, I love that because again, it's almost like we see a constant uh, a separation there. Those that are going to trust in Christ or those that are going to trust uh, in, in this world economy or what the world has to offer them. And, and I mean, just look at the stock market. It's enough to give anybody a heart attack, right? <laughs> oh, man, don't even get me started there. I, I haven't tried to even look at my little baby <laughs> retirement plan. It's like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's very painful. Now, if there's any hope in that, and if the Lord tarries, uh, the big crash of 2008 with Great Recession, it took two years for the economy to bounce back. There's been other recessions in the 90s and the 80s. It took seven months, I was reading, to bounce back. Uh, it's not like the Great Depression, which took into the 1950s before the economy restored itself. Uh, but we're looking at a at some difficult times. And it's only, you know, I don't want to get anyone down, but it's only going to get worse uh, there will be more, and well, sure, there'll be bounce backs, but these signs that Jesus said would continue to advance more frequently and more intensely. We're going to see more natural disasters, more wars, more economic problems, more signs in the skies, more sicknesses, until we're getting right up to the tribulation. And the Lord will rapture the church off, and then the worst of it, 21 judgments of God will befall this earth. And praise the Lord, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will not be here for the tribulation. Nathan, and I see this almost like exercise and bodybuilding. For those of us that understand what's going on, this is just building our spiritual muscles so that we will continue to endure. And I think that's really what what's the good thing because here, uh, again, in Revelation 3.10, Nathan, we're talking about different kind of tests and trials. But yet those of us that continue to trust in the Lord are going to be spared from the greatest trial that is coming and it's the tribulation. So whatever we're going through now really is like a drop in, in, in the well, if you would, in comparison uh, to what's coming in the future. So that is hope for us to know that God loves us, that he has a wonderful plan for our lives and that he's not going to allow us to go into that incredible a period that is to test those who dwell on the earth or those that are left behind in the tribulation. So Nathan, now is the time, right? people to turn to Christ while there's still time. Absolutely. That's why I love that the following verse, verse 11 reads, 
Behold, this is Jesus talking, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, brother, there is a glorious time ahead. If We've got trials, yes. We've got tribulations now, yes. But if you're a Christian, you've got a glorious future ahead of you. Excellent point. And Nathan, also you made a good point. And if you're not a Christian, the Bible says here, listen, whoever has an ear, let him hear. So we hope that you're listening, you're tuning in. We're going to share with you again how you can come to know Christ. And if you're paying attention, this is a great opportunity for you to know that God loves you, but he wants you to pay attention and he wants you to spend eternity with him. So Nathan, will you be able to speak to that person on the other side that maybe doesn't have a relationship Christ with Jesus, how they can start that relationship with him even right now? Well, Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for your sins, that if you put your faith and trust in him, the guilt from your sins, the punishment for your sins, hell, eternal life in hell, passed on to Jesus Christ. You can then stand before God vindicated, made pure and holy, and given a new glorified body, a new life. This promise, which we just read in Revelation 3, to be with God forever in the new Jerusalem, the super city that he rules and reigns on a new earth one day. And to claim that, you need to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you do, then pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt is gone. You've inherited a new life and hope for the future. Amen to that. Ooh, thank you, Nathan Jones. What a wonderful celebration. And listen, if you pray that prayer and you trust to Christ, let us know. 305-992-9537. We would love to rejoice with you and continue to celebrate God's goodness. Well, Nathan, wow, what an amazing program. What a, an amazing time of encouragement. And I hope that those that were tuning into the program, again, will have a glimpse of what awaits us as we trust in Jesus Christ. And again, we don't have to fear the Lord is on the throne. We believe he's coming back very, very soon, and we just need to keep our eyes on him. So, Nathan, I want to thank you so much for being part of the program and continuing to expound the scriptures with me. Hey, brother, I, I think this is a fantastic topic, and I'm so glad we have this this podcast. To hopefully, folks, it's, it's an encouragement to you in these dark tribes. Get, remember, keep looking to Jesus. Keep looking towards the future. Ooh, amen. Thank you again. This is Vic Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We ran out of time for this set of the program, but we hope that you can continue again to uh, call us if you're in need of prayer, 305-992-9537. And we rejoice. The Lord is coming back very, very soon. 